to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. Responsibility, boys. It's a beautiful Take thing. It. I wish you guys would from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> We're being honest on a, <laughs> on a truthful Thursday afternoon here on The Drive, Russ. <laughs> Hello, good afternoon, and welcome. Another stellar edition of The Drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. Yes, Tucker. Do what now? You're just looking. You're, you're poised over the mic looking at me like you have something incredible to add to the conversation no you're no just, not now you're <laughs> <laughs> off to a rip-roaring start here boys let's go thursday afternoon edition of the show off and running here on fan run radio as uh, the countdown continues i guess one more day of morning show less radio here on fan run and uh we are looking so is everything going to be back on next week <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, not everything. We're, it's a time of change. Yeah, three sure. and outs done. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got rid of those guys. Yeah. yeah, those. Wait. Get a real morning show. Oh, 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 he's sitting right here. Damn it. I never had a problem with you, forget. Houston. You know that. I know, I know. I was, texts, uh, to, what was my record? <laughs> I made it like 30 seconds into one of his rants. Do what? What do you mean? Hickman. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got a lot going on here. We got. Uh, I, I'm lost. Already, right? I have no idea what you two are talking about. We got Tucker playing audio on his phone in the background. I mean, it Might is the a 20th, secondary computer. It is the 25th anniversary of the national championship, ladies and gentlemen. And the drive has just stumbled out of the gates, just fallen flat on our face the first minute of the show. Just a complete disaster. Bear complete was simply disaster. saying. That when he would listen to the show over the last uh, year ish, yeah. he would. I would he's up him. early. He would start to listen, and he would text me basically every day when he would have to tune out. And sometimes he would make it fifteen to thirty minutes. Oh, that's good. Other well, times it was fifteen to thirty. The thirty second morning was hilarious. Hopefully, your TSL numbers increase with John and Bob in the morning. I know they're calling it the Fan Run Morning Show. I just decided that just two seconds ago i'm calling it john and bob in the morning so i'm just gonna refer he's, he's bobby to me now hmm. actually bob and john has a better ring Might bobby blasterville reads ego bob and john in the morning here on fan run 25 years ago fellers where were you in my mom and dad's house downstairs in my apartment Same, steeplechase apartment. nice i didn't exist that's so uh, sad tucker I hope you get to experience it sometime. I mean, looking back on it, it almost doesn't seem real. Tennessee won the national championship. And I just I, – I wish – you know, you, you always wish. Uh, the, the benefit of hindsight, right? Uh, if, if we knew now if, – if we knew then what we know now and, like, what we would go through and how special it was because here, – here's the thing, Tucker. When your team wins the natty – and I'm sure it's the same way if the Titans ever win a Super Bowl. You think you've ascended to the top of the mountain, and you ain't never coming down. And it's just like, all right, we won it all. We're good now. How many more of these? You know you're not going to win it every year, but. We thought we were getting ready to rip off a couple at least. <laughs> you're, 
<laughs> you I think know I did. And and granted, like we did, we did hold it together for like three or four seasons. We were still a, a very good football mm-hmm. before it started mm-hmm. the slow backslide. I remember that night, my dad was like, "Well, they got one before I died. I'm happy." I'm like, "Dad, we're we're about to win three or four more of these. Like, what are you talking about? Are you I kidding me? I don't know, man. The '99 Florida game kind of brought me back down to earth. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, Alex Brown. Alex Brown. Uh, yeah. Come on. That was. Why did you have to bring that up? Seriously. Go Gator. I was just saying, Maha lasted about seven, eight months. <laughs> And I realized. Did we not still have a chance that season, though, until the Arkansas game? Yeah, were yeah, we not right yeah. back in it? And we were Let's right quit back talking in about the bad times. We were right back in in, in 01. I, I maintain we 01, had yeah. a good four-year stretch after that where we were still very, very nationally relevant. But the point is, the point is you, you never know what's about to happen in uh, 25 years, man. 25 years since Tennessee's won a championship of any sort. I do not recognize division championships mm. sorry coach former it's cool going to the sec championship game three times after that, that that was fun and those were good years and i'm not taking it but they're not championships well no you didn't they're divisional titles there's a difference yeah right right i've got some audio you know, feel down in your plums yeah we're, we're gonna take a walk down memory lane this afternoon here on the program and I just uh, I, I can't help but feel, man, I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I know I'm all in, and it's more than just Nico. Like, I, I think- oh, we, six minutes. Six minutes we made it. Six minutes? First really? Nico. took that long? That's a good point. <clears throat> I, took the, I took the under. I'm, um, I'm in the throes of raging necosis. Did you wake up feeling like a Disney princess today? <laughs> <laughs> um that's got to be one of the weirdest next things to one. ever ever said on this show and that's saying something i really like necosis by the way strong that's came to me. that's like that? really yeah. good that's i think we're close boys i think we're close i remember philip fulmer ascending the podium out there peerless price doing the chop and then the throat slash Ugh. when it wasn't a 15 yard penalty and coach fulmer looking Young, in his prime, strong, the picture of masculinity and leadership, hoisting that crystal ball into the desert sky. We were kings, ladies and gentlemen. Loyal volunteers. We're working like heck. Oh, man, it was a great time. It was a great time. That was wild walking out, just walking outside. John Ward's last game. What a way to go out, man. What a way to go out. So what I'm trying to do here is we set up the show this afternoon. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno coming up here in just a few moments. Um, trying to get a little juxtaposition going on here. Mm. Let's remember 25 years. This snuck up on me. I, I'll be honest, man. Uh, like if, if I'd known we would have had more planned and some guests and stuff, but uh, I, I did not realize until the Fan Run Twitter account posted that video a couple of hours ago so 25 years ago like i don't know man am i overselling this i feel like there should be a parade or something we won the natty 25 years ago today it's kind of sad in some ways i was gonna say yeah it is it's been 25 damn years since we 
went to the promised land. A parade land. would have made us the laughing stock. And we were watching it before okay, you a, got here. A metaphorical parade. Fair. And we can do <laughs> that's that. What, that's what we we're doing. Do, yeah, that's, we can do a word parade today. Here comes the first float. Houston's float <laughs> coming down Cumberland. Man, it's a big head on that thing. <laughs> we were uh, watching it, the, the Fiesta Bowl, before you got here, and hey, it jumps out at you. Jumps out at you when, really quick when you can't read the score because you can't tell. I mean, it's not high def. No. So I was asking Barry. No, I was like, was, "Is that thirteen or twenty yeah, really three? It didn't tell. have to be high def to see just how how ferocious and stacked we were. Oh no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We were loaded. We were loaded for sure. Can you can you rattle off the starting lineup? Oh no, probably not. I mean, I, I feel like I can do. A, look at me. I feel like I can do a pretty good. I do defense. You can do the whole defense? I think so. The starters? Yeah. Hold on. I was 11. I bet I can get I can most of it. Sean Ellis. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – the tackles because we had the ro- we talked about the rotation here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Coleman and um, – not Ron Green, but um, – uh, Billy Ratliff I was gonna say. Were, were the two starters. Pretty big one, yeah. Overstreet did not start. The, no. Uh, it was Corey Terry. Corey mm-hmm, Terry. Mm-hmm. Linebackers, easy. Uh, Westmoreland, Wilson, Raynock. Uh, safeties were Fred White and Deion Grant. Mm-hmm. Corners were Dwayne Goodrich and Steve Johnson. I always Steve forget Johnson, Johnson's the really? one. Yeah, that's Johnson's yeah. one I forget. He, picked, he had the game ceiling interception at the end. Who did they put in for Goodrich when what he got mean? hurt? He didn't get hurt. Yeah, he, he, got, yeah he, no, he got hurt late. He got hurt in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna get this wrong. Maybe Teddy Gaines. That, that I don't. Was, I don't know. That if he was ever a name that hit in. me, or Mickey Allen. But I think Mickey yeah. Allen was later. Yeah. What was the, so offensive line was Clifton at left tackle was Mercedes Hamilton left guard Spencer Riley, mm-hmm. Cozy Coleman, mm-hmm. Jarvis Rito right tackle. I think that's right. Jarvis Love. That was probably make an argument. That may have been our just from left to right. The best offensive line we ever had. T. Sean Bryson, Travis Henry, and then mm-hmm. Copeland and, <laughs> and Stevens and, and Lewis. Travis Stevens. Well, Jamal was out by then. Well, no, yeah, I'm just Co- Copeland and Price. Who was tar- was Finlayson? Finlayson. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Trav, you remember Travis Henry missed him on a halfback option pass in the end zone in the first quarter. That's right. Which I remembered today at approximately two p.m. And he was wide open. Yeah, and like Travis, Travis like shot putted the football to him. So, it was, it was pretty loaded. We're not that far off, man. We're not that far off on offense. I mean, defense, the game has changed so much. I just – yeah, you, you want to continue to improve on defense. You want to get to be- better on, on that side of the ball. We're, we're, just, we're not going to play defense like we did in 1998 with this head coach. You know and what that's we, okay. The one thing that did jump out, jump out at me, and I was like, damn, we were doing it back then. Guess what they weren't doing on defense against Minor? Setting the edge. Really? Yeah. Florida State pretty good, man. That, that yeah. Was, Where'd Miner end up at in the pros? I don't, I don't think he had a lengthy career. But it was – like, that That was such a dominant defense. Like, I, I don't even want to – I don't want to compare that defense to – we're not even trying to do that now, and, and I don't think yeah, we should. You, can't, you, you really can't anymore with the way the offenses are. I mean, I think, like, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia are trying to do that. I don't think that's our model. I think Washington 
is more our model. And we've talked about it several times. This, like Washington had this year, the year we were having last year, and their quarterback mm-hmm. didn't get hurt, and they had a little bit easier schedule. Pretty stout offensive line. Mm-hmm. And, 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 a, and a questionable defense in, in spots. And so they're – Oh, their back end's much maligned. Yeah, they're – they're gonna they're gonna have their chance, and I, I'm pulling for a man, and I, I think that's kind of our model. We're gonna have uh, CG on here in just a second, and I want to get some more background on this Kalen DeBoer guy. Yeah, because Chris knows him mm-hmm. pretty good. Like he was the coach at Fresno. Yep, and and CG interviewed him a lot, and I, I think they're I don't know, like besties or anything, but you know they're they've stayed in touch. Close and, enough. Yeah. Yeah, and like. I mean, talk about an under-the-radar story. For a guy who has built up a program that's in the national championship game and, and very well could win it. Like, I don't I don't think it's some layup for, for Michigan. Oh, hell no. I think Washington could win the national championship. Penix, uh, and I, I, There are a lot of, like, non-casual college football fans, like pretty intense fans who probably don't even know who Kalen DeBoer is. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I mean, as far as the matchup goes, Penix is going to stress that Michigan defense in – ways that Milrow just he wasn't capable of doing it he's not that late he's not that kind of he's not that good of a quarterback so not that good of a passer period passer and, no. and Penix is he's I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put him on on god tier here but some of the stuff he's done this season especially in crunch time very similar to him in last whew, year some you of guys, those throws man you guys know where Kalen DeBoer's from I have no clue. yes I do you you got the Wikipedia up too? Yes, I do. <laughs> Where is he from, Houston Cress? He is from the great state of South Dakota. How about that. If you're in the foot, there's nothing else to do there besides <laughs> what you're interested in. And for DeBoer and Heupel, it's football. Is that's fascinating, man? They're it is both really from weird. South Dakota, and they run a very similar yes. offensive so, scheme, similar program. And, yeah, yeah. Well. Similar, they. Seem- I didn't know that literally until two seconds after you asked it because I scrolled up. And he's like, he's like real low key. I mean, from what I saw of him on the interviews, you know, before the game and. Like, oh yeah, not a spotlight guy. Nah, he's rem- very similar to Heupel. He's twenty five and two in two years at Washington. Yeah, pretty good. Washington's one of those play out of the way place, but I mean they've they've won. Yeah. Well, they, they had – what was that year? Was it 90 or – they split a national championship with one the, year in the 90s, Colorado. didn't they? Was it with Colorado? No, that was Georgia Tech that, that split it with them Tech. in 90. I know they've won a natty. I just can't remember if it was, was a it, split. It was Don or, James. They went to the – But, man, they were always, like, good. They got busted cheating, that, as I recall, like afterwards. Yeah, but, I mean, who, who wasn't cheating, you know? 91. Who'd they 90, share it with? Did they win it outright? Might have won it outright. Won the, who'd they beat in the Rose Bowl to win it? I want to say Michigan. I I just I hate them. I hate Michigan. Washington? No, I love. Oh. I'm I'm full on. I may wear purple on on Monday night. Well, I, I'm looking forward to telling CG. We're we're all in on his fighting Kalen DeBoer's, the Huskies. Uh, the drive is adopting them as our official team of the college football playoff, and. I hope they get it done, man. I, I would love to see them win, first of all, because I don't want to see Michigan win. Second of all, I think it's a good story. And third of all, maybe most importantly, it gives us hope because of the similarities between Tennessee's program and Washington. If they can do it, why not us? I mean, we could have easily done it last year if Michigan 
Hatton decided that they were going to manipulate the college football playoff rankings. Amen, brother. There needs to be a name for that scandal, don't you think? Yeah, we should come something, up with something. Something clever. Mm-hmm. Cockgate. Hey, that'll do. I love yeah. it. That's why I will forever hate Michigan. I like it, Bobby. Gate. Run with that. Cockgate. Stay with us. The drive continues. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Freshno, coming up next when we continue right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive. White claws take. Back here on the drive, Fan Run Radio. Russell, Bear, Houston, Tucker, cruising. Full house. As we get set to go to the busy, busy phone lines, Chris in Fresno is next. What's up, CG? How you doing? Hey, hey gentlemen. How are you? Nice to chat with you. you know, Commander Chuck, if, if the whole commanding Chuck thing, is he in a helicopter? <laughs> I'm not sure where, he, where he's at, but if that thing doesn't work out, I tell you what, there's an overnight jazz station job in San Francisco waiting for him. You know, hey, it's Commander Chuck with your late-night jazz. That was pretty good. Hey, you got to listen. Tucker Harlan, hit CG with a little Commander Chuck. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. A little bit of radar (laughs) out there. Watch your speed. A little car fire we're putting out over there on (laughs) I-75. Yeah. You you know what? Forget what I just said. Tucker's got a future uh, at the uh, station in San Francisco. (laughs) <laughs> Chris, hey, uh, yeah. I got I got to ask you right off the bat. First, uh-huh. Happy New Year to all you guys. Now, this is a, a very different situation here, and I've had to emotionally prepare myself uh, for the fact that you know now you guys you guys are starting to sound like you know one of these late night talk shows in New York where there's seven guys in the studio. I mean, I don't know if you guys are on uh, risers in there. There's so many people, but uh, Houston Cress is now on the program hk and uh welcome to the program i i just gotta ask this and i and i do ask this seriously mm. the, the name on twitter x is vol rumor mill and i've always wondered is it because people spread rumors about him or mm. he is facilitating rumors about <laughs> tennessee volunteers he's a rumor monger yeah. it began as a uh, incognito account and uh, after a year or so, I unveiled myself. But I really liked the handle. It was catchy. Nice. I like it. And by the way, it's, it's nice to hear your voice live. Um, For the first I, time, CG, we talk to each other on it, the airwaves. It's nice. It's, well, listen, I think in all seriousness, I think you're a great addition to, uh, to the show. Uh, I've said this many times before. Not the first time I've said it. This is the, the best sports show in Knoxville. And, uh, and you will be a, a very welcome addition to the program. Thank you, CG. The check is in the mail. Christopher Thank Gabriel, you. KMJ Fresno with us here this afternoon. And, uh, CG, before we get your thoughts yeah. on Tennessee, the Citrus Bowl, and Nico Mania, and what the future holds for Josh <laughs> Heupel and the Volunteers, uh, we were talking right before you came on about Kalen DeBoer. And I know you know him well because he was the head yes. coach at Fresno for two years. And it just seems to us – that for a guy whose team is playing for a national championship, uh, this like I I feel like most casual football fans have no idea who this guy is. Houston dropped. This. We're looking at his his background and the guy as a head coach in add this up real quick uh, seven nine nine seasons as a head coach 
at Sioux Falls, Fresno State, and now two years at Washington. His all-time record is 104 and 11. That's yeah, incredible. That, yeah, it is. It's better than Jeremy Pruitt. Um, <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, there's a lot of co- – we, we meet people, right? All of us meet guys in sports, women in sports, and we try to keep a professional distance. But I can say that he is a friend because I got to know him here when he was in Fresno. He is, um, he is a guy who is a, he's a family guy. He's a down-to-earth guy. He's very unassuming. And when you say he's under the radar, you couldn't be more correct. And he likes it that way. There are a few more things about his background that you may not know. This is a guy who was the offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois and at Eastern Michigan. He rewrote the record books at both of those schools. When he got to Fresno, when Jeff Tedford took over, this program was a disaster. Tedford came in. They went 10-4 and four his, uh, Tedford's first year, 12-2 the second year. Kalen was brought in as his offensive coordinator, and he didn't really know him that well. He just knew uh, Tedford didn't really know Kalen that well, but he – knew him on reputation, and all he did was just light up the Mountain West. He went to Indiana as the offensive coordinator, and you'll recall in the Gator Bowl against IU, that was uh, Tom Allen's offensive coordinator when they played us. Uh, this is a guy who, when he was at the University of Sioux Falls as a player, fellas, he set all kinds of wide receiver records. And, oh, by the way, he was a great baseball player, and he was a punter as well. Uh, him and I were texting a little bit. After the the game, and he just I, I asked him. I, I just I knew you're not going to get to this soon, but you know what was your thought of the last 50 seconds of the game? And he eventually wrote back and he goes, "The longest 50 seconds of my entire life," uh, you know, with that crazy ending. But you're right, he's he's under the radar. Uh, I got a kick out of the the, the fun folks, uh, the cult the culties in uh, College Station uh, when when they had this <laughs> they had this idea that that some I don't know who planted this that somehow Kalen would want to leave seven or eight million a year in one of the most beautiful cities in America and a tremendous facility and a great location for the stadium, you know, right on the water at Lake Washington, and he wants to go to the Dust Bowl that is College Station. <laughs> I, I, I had a person in Lubbock call me from Texas Tech and say, is there any truth to this? And I said, I haven't talked to Kalen, but I can tell you right now, Kalen is, is a man who is, has great critical thinking skills. Pardon my English, there ain't no way that he's leaving Seattle for College Station, for heaven's sakes. That's, so, yeah, that's a pretty big I'm, jump. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him, guys. He's he's a good guy. He's a, he's a good person before he's a great coach. He he really he's a great person. So I'm I'm happy for him. And the fact that who is one of his good friends, the guy that grew up 90 miles from him, Josh Heupel. Yeah, we were just uh, making that connection. They're both from South Dakota. I did not know that until about 10 minutes ago, and we discovered that live here on the air and we've adopted Washington here on the drive they're they're yeah. uh, the drive's official team here for the the championship we want to see them win just because it's a good story they're not a rival there's no Ooh. threatening between you know we, we all want to see Michigan lose and Harbaugh get his comeuppance all that good stuff but also CG I feel like in addition to the the South Dakota tie like these programs look the same. Like Josh Heupel plays, coaches the same way DeBoer does, and man, if this guy can win a national championship, that will just add to my belief and my feeling that Tennessee can do the same here in Knoxville. 
Oh, I think you make a great point. Um, and just so you know, um, I'm a little disappointed that you said you just learned that 10 minutes ago because I've said that to you at least three times. That's okay. I'm not going to hold that Critical against Critical listening skills. They're important, folks. Uh, well, you know I love you. Uh, no, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Heupel is from Aberdeen, and uh, Coach DeBoer is from Millbank. I think, but you make a great point because I've actually talked to Kalen about this, and I said, you know, you guys play such a similar office. You know, I, what was going on in South Dakota? He said, well, you know, he said uh, – it's it's just sheer coincidence. He said the the big difference between us, meaning Washington and uh, and Josh at Tennessee, is they don't the, the Huskies, as you well know, they don't play at the same tempo. They play tempo, but they mix it up a little bit more. They'll take their time a little bit more. They they don't play at tempo the whole game. But you watch the kinds of plays that Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb draw up, and Ryan Grubb is a, I mean, he's a key a component in the whole offensive philosophy of Kalen DeBoer. They, they use a lot of misdirection. Uh, they use a, a, a lot of uh, mis... How can I explain this? They change speed on offense, where they'll do a lot of little dink and dunk, and then they'll have guys flying down the sideline. Kalen has talked about that, that he likes to change up the speed of the game. And one thing that Kalen always said when he was here, guys, he said, I, I'm not interested in a... Even though his quarterbacks, even though his quarterbacks have prolific numbers, he said... I'm not interested in a quarterback playing for me that wants big numbers. I'm interested in a quarterback that gets the damn ball in the end zone. That's what I'm looking for. I want us to get in the end zone as soon as we can. And you see them. That's how they play. That's how Josh plays. So I think to bring this full circle, I do think that if you watch the success that, that, uh, that Kalen has had up in Seattle with this team, I, I think we're seeing potentially Russ. Uh, Houston Bear Tucker, I think we're seeing the kind of results that maybe we're looking towards with this Vols team coming up because you look at what Nico is capable of. I'm not going to lose my mind yet. I'm very excited by what I saw in the Citrus Bowl, but you look at the the receivers' room on this team uh, this fall. My gosh, with Brew and Thornton and Squirrel, Leacock, Nimrod, you have Brazel coming in, Matthews. You know, at this point. With Squirrel White, I feel like we all need they, they all need rodent names. You know, we just hamster and chipmunk and we just, <laughs> they, they all need names. But I, I do think that this is this is a kind of philosophy that Josh Heupel has. I, I, you're probably talking about it already. I really believe that come fall, we're going to see a lot more of a 2022 style offense where Nico is extending the field. You know, he throws a great ball. He puts it right on guys' hands, right in front of them right where they need to catch it. But, uh, you know, and I'm a guy that likes Joe, but he, he doesn't have quite the velocity. He has plenty of velocity, but not quite the, you know, the, the eye-blazing philosophy, uh, uh, velocity that Joe had. I think when you look at this office next year, along with the guys that we're going to have in the backfield uh, at running back, uh, fellas, uh, this, you know, uh, let's temper our expectations, meaning me starting with that. But I, I think this team, you could be looking at a Washington-type level of success next year especially with a schedule that is very i think is very favorable to to us absolutely i think the the expectations the the future it's never been brighter here in a long time by the way cg i don't know if you're aware today is the 25th anniversary of philip fulmer hoisting that crystal ball high into the desert sky 25 years ago tonight i i know it a quarter of a century man but uh, you know, it's interesting. We're having all these conversations, and uh, I think Tennessee's going to be in that mix for a 12-team playoff next year. And I saw, uh, you know, it, that's the conversation here in Knoxville. Uh, 
I saw a early top 25 that was going around viral. Tennessee fans were, were in their feelings on social media that did not have – Houston, not looking at anybody in particular. It was um, me. It was me. Tennessee not even on there. Iowa's in there. Tennessee's not – I see a lot of Tennessee – Iowa's at 20. Tennessee fans getting mad that they're not in the top 25. And I'm thinking, CG, I love it. Me too. I, I love it. I love flying on a chip on the shoulder is exactly what this program needs this offseason. And then just like in 2022, we go and explode on people later this year. I, I am right with you. And, and, and I've, I have two thoughts on that. One, I completely agree with you. Two, I want this program to have a chip on their shoulder, to just blast out of the gates. Uh, there's tremendous upside on this team next year. But eventually, uh, fellas, I want to see this program lose the the tough little gritty vols. We're mm. coming to town, and we, we play. The hell with that. I want this program to get back to when Tennessee comes to town, better close the doors and board up the windows because people are scared of us. That's the kind of program that I want to see coming back in orange and white. I, I think this. I think this fall. After you tell me that, I, I think that's a great a- approach that no one, everybody hates us. No one believes in us. You know, Pat Forty is ripping us every chance he, he gets. Uh, you know, Dan Wolken is making fun of us every chance he gets. Joel Klatt jumping on there saying, oh, these guys, they're terrible. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on and let this team show them what they've got, another 2022. And then once this program is fully firmly reestablished as a as a powerhouse because that's that's where this program is going let's make no mistake about that let's not kid ourselves or anybody else that's where this program is going i don't give a damn what other fans in the sec think about it because i don't care about them you notice they were strangely quiet during the citrus bowl on social media when nico was out there i actually got a voice sorry i'm going on a tangent now i actually got a voicemail i'm not making this up i actually got a voicemail from somebody who tracked me down here who, the, the thrust of it was, hey, uh, hey, Chris, hey, how's that, how's that overrated quarterback, uh, Yama Lama, going to do? And I, I wish to God I would have had this guy's number so I could have called him back and explained how you pronounce his name and then said, oh, yes, that's your, you mean the MVP? You mean the MVP of the Citrus Bowl? So I, I want to see this program get back to a point where, like Alabama for so many years, like Georgia has been, like Clemson was for a while, teams – fear this program and i uh, you know listen I, I i think that that's where we're going I, I absolutely think that's where we're going in fact i don't i gotta share this with you guys i don't know if you saw this but there's a there's a writer his name is rob howe and rob has been writing for about 15 years for hawkeye nation and he gave a preview on the game and it's clear and i don't normally do this but uh, Russ, uh, see if the rules committee is going to allow me to be critical of another media member. Is that okay? Is that okay by you? Uh, we typically frown on that here on the drive CG, but we'll make an okay. exception for you. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Noted. Uh, Rob was really got into depth going into the, uh, the Iowa-Tennessee game. Uh, he basically knew names and numbers. And this is just a couple of sentences. This is how Rob summed up going into the bowl. I'm confident. I'm quoting now. I'm confident saying the Hawkeyes are excited to be competing. Winning an 11th game means a lot to them. Iowa knows who it is and how it can win games. It's good at it. I can't imagine the new quarterback. That's Nico. I can't imagine the new quarterback having much success against this Hawkeyes defense. Turnover or two seems 
like a good bet. Hawkeyes will be the more prepared and the more motivated squad. Prediction, Iowa 13, Tennessee 9. I think I tweeted, <laughs> I think I sent you a text, Russ, and I said that if we're watching a football game where Iowa scores 13 points against Tennessee, just you know, put me out on the highway and run over me with a truck. Uh, because uh, you and I and everybody in, in your studio, th- that was never happening. But that, that, I think, the reason I mention that to you is I think that's the same delusional level that anybody not putting Tennessee in the top 25 is at right now. Yeah, I don't even know who that was. Uh, I think that's just a bad poll. I, I don't see Bleacher it. Report. Yeah, Bleacher Report. Right? I don't see any world where Tennessee isn't ranked in the top <laughs> 20. I, I think we'll be like pretty highly ranked, like too. top 15-ish. I think, yeah, I'm thinking 10-11. Going into yeah, next year. Yeah, I think year. that's about right. I think it's about right. Was that Houston, by the way? I hadn't heard him yet. Was that yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right. By the way, that, I, I, can you remind us of that gentleman's name who wrote that article? Absolutely. Rob Howe, H-O-W-E. I, I had that as an O for 8 on his predictions. I did quick yeah. math as you as you read them off. That was O for 8. Yeah, Rob, uh, I don't know. You know, we're ha- Listen, good folks in Iowa, really good folks there. But uh, Rob is just uh, – he spent way too much time in the corn. Just way, way too much time. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno here with us. Uh, CG, switching gears here. Your thoughts on yeah. Tennessee basketball. You know, we talk about the future being so bright for football and a chance to go to a college football playoff this year. A loaded team for Rick Barnes. Conference play begins this weekend. An unbeaten Ole Miss team coming to Knoxville to tip things off Saturday night on Rocky Top. I've been pretty adamant. That I'm just kind of – maybe it's the holiday spirit. I don't know what it is, CG, but I just think this is this is the year of Danny White and this new Tennessee Athletics Department. I th- Final Four, Omaha, college football playoff. I want all three this year. I expect all three, CG. Let's get the expectations up here and demand excellence. I'm right there with you. Listen, I – I was sitting out here, and I, I I had a conflict. Otherwise, I was going to – I had a press a media pass. I was going to go to see the Lady Vols against Texas up at Maples Pavilion in, in volleyball. And, I mean, look, they were they were at match point. The team that ended up winning the national championship, they are at match point. This whole athletic department has elevated since, since Danny got here. And some will be quick to say, well, Danny didn't hire some of those coaches. That's not the point. The point is – Danny White has set a tone. He has set, I'm sorry, he has reset expectations for everybody, and you are seeing that in the performance of these teams. And I think what you laid out, I don't see why that can't happen. Why can't Tony and the boys go to Omaha and win it all? Why can't Rick Barnes finally make a deep run in basketball? He's got the team and, and win the whole thing, or at least get to the championship game. Why can't we be in the 12-team playoff next year. As far as basketball goes, on February 3rd, we travel to Rupp Arena. And on the upside, I don't see why this team cannot be 17-3 and going into that game. Ole Miss uh, coming in uh, Saturday night. Ole Miss will not leave this arena. Ole Miss will not leave Food City Center. Is that what we're calling it now, FCC? The TBA at FCC? Uh, they're not leaving there undefeated. I'm just telling you that right now. They're not leaving there undefeated. And you follow that up with Mississippi State, Georgia, Florida. Those should all be wins. Alabama game will be a good game. That's always kind of a weird game when we play the Tide. But in, in, terms, in terms of matchups at every position this year, except for maybe the five, 
I really like this team across the board. Uh, ZZ looks like he is really getting his flow back. Boy, you know, he looked really good the other night. I mean, Norfolk State, but still, he looked good. Santi, you know, he had a a lot of personal stuff going on. He looks like he's gotten back in rhythm. Uh, Connect looked like maybe his ankle was bothering him a little bit, still bothering him a little bit. He wasn't as fluid as he could be. I I always want to try to temper my expectations with basketball because we've, we've always been disappointed when we get to March. But I'll tell you what. Talking to some other media members out here from the Pac-12 and talking to a couple of guys, friends of mine from the Big Ten, they're all seeing the same thing that we're seeing. It's like, you know, CG, this, you guys, that, that team there is something else. You look at Jemai Meshack. I mean, launching a three, looking beautiful. I, by the way, I love when Meshack is given offensive latitude because he's like a dolphin out there. I love the way he slashes. And I, as a, as a former ball player, and, and we've all played ball, I love watching a guy that has not only speed without the ball, but he has speed with the ball. And when he has the ball, he is hard to handle. You look at all the components of this team, how they can beat you from the outside, they can beat you from the inside, they can beat you in transition. We are actually looking to have transition now, unlike last year. I like where this team is at. Uh, I, you know, I, I like Coach Barnes. I know that he's gotten a lot of grief over the years. Uh, I, I, I like this team. I can see them making a run. Uh, it was frustrating losing a couple of those games to, to Purdue because we were right there. Kansas, similar. North Carolina, we were getting our brains beat in, and I was, you know, love the effort of those guys. I like where this team is at, fellas. I, I think this team, come February 3rd, can be 17-3. and If they pick up a loss somewhere, I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I like this team's chances uh, in a major way this year. He is Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Go follow him on the Twitter machine at CG Program. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for jumping on the first appearance of 2024, the first of many, I'm sure. Hey, lo- love you guys. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you. Great to, to chat with you as always. Great to, that Houston's on your show now. Uh, looking forward to listening whenever I can, fellas. Thank you, Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. One more time on the show this afternoon. Got to take a quick time out. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Ah, this is... Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online, fanrunradio.com, your free fan run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Bear, what did you learn? He thinks Meshek's got the green light. And that he's a dolphin. <laughs> I'll tell you what my major CG takeaway today was. The DeBoer what, 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 stuff. what I learned, yeah, I, I did not know that DeBoer was the – Indiana offensive coordinator when we played them in that bowl game. Is that true? Did, well, I didn't did re- we miss that by a year? I didn't realize that or that so that's Phoenix, Phoenix was there yeah. with him at Indiana, and that's probably how he went to Washington. So that's, that's how Phoenix ended yeah. up with – man, it's – We got Peyton Ramsey playing in that game instead of Penix because right, of the right. injury. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> DeBoer's career record that's, that's, is it's, insane. It's stupid. It's insane. Remember when Fulmer's got – The guys had one you losing don't season. Remember. You remember that, Russ, when they'd show it like during every TV game when Fulmer's 
like that first initial burst through the nineties, and he had that stupid yeah. ratio. Yeah, it was like a hundred. I mean, it like never really 50. went away because he never had. No, he's still in the what the. I think he's still top ten all time winning percentage, isn't he? Like overall, for a while it was him and Spurrier were like neck and neck for number one. Yeah, I mean, it, he slid into you know Fulmer took over like he didn't have to rebuild or anything, so he was oh. just, he yeah. got in the seat of the Ferrari, Ferrari and just kept it going and, and took it to another level as he said DeBoer what was Washington what happened there 2021 was that uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Lake? Lake punched a player in the face and got canned so, oh, so yeah. they Remember weren't that? terrible they were uh, but they weren't this good like he goes 11 and 2 his first year 14 and 0 this year he's 25 and 2 in two seasons I don't Washington. think they were anywhere close to that good with Jimmy Lake well no but that's when he got Penix right that, that's that was that's Penix's a, first year uh, that's what a Top shelf coach and yeah. a top shelf quarterback can do absolutely, especially one you're familiar with. Good for him, smart man. It's, it's not like it's a really. I mean, that's the other thing I, I took out of it was like that whole Lubbock, you know, kind of laughing about it. But like, never in a million years, if you're getting, I don't. Th- it's not too hard to recruit to. Obviously, is it named national in championship? Lubbock? Game? No, to Washington. Oh. Not not Lubbock to College Station rather. Oh. Another thing I learned, do you know where Michael Penix is from? Oh, Florida, right? No. No, 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 no. Where, no, no, where no, he's no, born. No. I, I did see this, but it, it's, it's gone. I think I do. What? Go ahead. Was it Cookville? It was Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, he was a Tennessee Michael fan. Michael Penix, Tennessee kid. <sighs> what could have been? I just saw that, and it like hurt, it like hurt a lot. It doesn't, because, I mean, we would have never had the hit had a hooker, yeah. Yeah. He might have saved Cornbread's job. I mean, you That's, don't know. Like, you never, well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, you never know. He's but still, I, he's still in football. Oh like, yeah, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll, root, I'll root for the guy every time he plays. Oh, yeah, I guess Cornbread didn't want him. No, no, wanted uh, yeah. <clears throat> JT Trout. I mean, uh, the guy, <laughs> Kalen DeBoer, five seasons at Sioux Falls, and you know whatever that is, sixty-seven and three <laughs> right, right. In, in in five years there, twelve and three six in two years at Fresno. And then he gets the Washington job. He's twenty-five and two there in two seasons, one hundred four and eleven. As it's a head insane. coach, winners win, losers lose. That guy's a winner. <laughs> he knows how to win football. Games. How old is Heupel? Are they about the same age? Heupel is that Heupel like forty-seven? Heupel's just it's a couple like years younger there. than us. I thought Heupel younger than me. Uh, or about are you guys the same I, age? I'm, I'm just looking at hype, and I'm I'm thinking I'm going to guess forty-five. DeBoer's 49. Yeah, because he played in what? 2000? When was Hypo playing in Oklahoma? Yeah, like right like after. One. Yeah. 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 You, have you ever gone back and watched some of his games where he went off at oh, Oklahoma? He, oh, he yeah. tore it up against yeah. Texas A&M every time he played them. I mean, he lit them up like, like the proverbial, I mean, like a Christmas tree. He could hurl it. Big dad, big hype daddy could. We gonna have any defense to go along with this offense next year? I think enough to where, yeah, I think he'll always. I wonder if we're, if if we'll be good against the run. It's all gonna come down to our back end. You know, he's gotten better every year. He has with with here points given up. Yeah. Banks has. Yeah. So I'm not. Are we gonna be the best defense in college football next year? No. But even with a slight drop-off, I think the offense is going to go way up. 
And I think, honestly, this year I thought that was one of our main problems is there were some games where I did not feel like the offense held up their end of the bargain. Missouri, you talked about yesterday. Yeah. For two and a half quarters, that's a dogfight. We had the fumble before the half. We had some sloppy mistakes. That game could have been a game had the offense been a little bit more on key. Here's the thing. If you're going to do that to your defense, what Heupel does with his offense, you have to score. Yes. Yeah. If you can't, I mean, it's you can't. I mean, you're asking so much of a of a defense to. I mean, they stay on the field what forty minutes a game. You have to score, and you have to have an offensive lineman fake an injury on the point after just to buy a couple of extra minutes on that. Did you see that? that Wait, you think they fake that? The the trio that does it. It's um, what is it? Lampley, Parker Ball, Davis Ball, Lampley. Yeah, Davis Ball and Lampley. One of them tweeted. Like quote tweeted DBNL law firm, uh, and they were uh, attorneys at flopping. Yeah, basically, it was just giving him applause and bravo for ball. His ball took it to it. Mean, ball was that was I, amazing. I said on voluntary action. That was the Daniel Day Lewis performance of Parker, the season. Parker Ball Day Lewis. He made those other guys look like just rank amateurs. What was no your offense. What was your favorite part when he grabbed the face mask? I mean, he looked in agony when he grabbed his face mask, and then. There's a very subtle part. If you go, you got to go back and 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 really hone in and look at the tape. On I this. need to go look at the film. But like when he sits up, he sits up. He's grabbing his yeah, face, yeah. and then he like he sits up suddenly, like he's like oh like he, his knee's about to explode or something. Oh, like that was he, it. Right, okay. He touches his knee, looks at it, and then he rolls back. Like oh no, uh uh-uh. uh. Hey, <laughs> I'm done here. Nobody. I just, Call the medics, dude. I, I felt it. I felt it myself. I, I hate to interrupt your love fest for uh, for Parker Ball, but Did nobody. Not. Nobody but nobody does the pound the field turf with your fist in frustration and agony quite the way Jackson Lampley does. What do we think Heupel's saying to them the whole time? Just buy me another minute, buddy. Just, just you're my guy. Here. Stay there. You're my guy. That's why you're here. Yeah, we'll get some NIL for here. this. Yeah. <laughs> Earn that scholarship, Jackson. Who can, who can we get? To you're eating first at the post-game NIL, buffet, the, bro. The floppers. Do you think they have tryouts and practice? Uh, I need a couple ooh. guys. Come on. Like, show me what you got here. I need some guys to roll around and really, really sell it, man. Really. Remember, you're on TV. There's going to be an official there. You got to commit here. You can't flinch for a minute. You can't even peek out of the corner of your eye. Are they buying it? No, man. Yeah. You got to all in, sell out. For the cause. See, some of those guys you, are leaving. What do you think the other – they'll be more behind them. Yeah, like Gus There's, Hill and Vice yeah, yeah. Lang or Brian Grant, just <laughs> to you, name a no, few. Because crop, you know it, they, it, they tried it. They have a, a guy rolling around, they're like, uh, it looks a little sloppy. You think they go back and watch that. the film of it? <laughs> <laughs> like break it down, it's like, oh, Parker had a good one today. He's, he's, earned, a, he's earned a flop or two on you know, Saturday. You know what I love the most about that? I'm not even kidding is you can tell the announcers and the play callers <laughs> who have done their homework. Yes. Because in the bowl game, and I they can't remember. no clue. I, I know it was Osweiler and the other guy, but the guy's like, oh, oh man, oh, no. You hate Park, to see that. Parker Ball is down. Let's watch the replay. Oh, look pretty innocent, but. Have you seen the TV, the TV copy, Tucker? Of Fleming? Dave Fleming? Of, of the of, bowl of game. Of that, that moment. I don't think I have yet. I mean, you that guy go back is and watch like, it. oh, you just, yeah. you hate hooked. to see this. He, he's hooked, man. Oh, yeah, there, there, there's a hushed tone. He's like, oh, no, no, you hate to see this. Oh, oh, this is bad. Beautiful. Not in a bowl game, hey, we got, no. We got a first-timer that's dying to weigh in on this real quick. All right, who we got? We got Blake. Blake, what's up? Hey, uh, just uh, I wanted to comment on Parker Ball and, you know, how – just how dangerous it is to be on our special teams unit. Yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't had 
Like, the real failing with Spire Sports is that, like, Tennessee Orthopedics hasn't run some sort of NIL opportunity with our guys on the kickoff. pitched it. Yeah, they did. Weigel's pitched it during the game. Like, should we sponsor the injured offensive lineman on the extra point? Didn't one of them, like, quote tweet it or something? Dane Davis did, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, we have to do that. That's a genius idea right there. What what does the sponsorship look like? Weigels with their flavored and their yeah. their home their uh, in in town uh, cow you know their fresh milk Knoxville milk get some milk so you can stand up right yeah so you you got to have strong yeah. bones yeah milk that's the one we milk it does a body good yeah well you got to milk it when you're down there too oh yeah. that too boom oh, yes wow. a chamo let's milk it look at this there's your nil sales pitch right there in Houston Crest in the afternoon. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Earning that paycheck. <laughs> Boy, he's really milking it there. By the way, pick up some Weigel's milk this afternoon after the game. Well, no, I mean, they're one of these, um, you know, whoever the check, runs their the social media accounts. No, pretty, they're good. Yeah, uh, they're good. They're really good, and they're funny. Yeah, I could just totally see them come up with some graphic, the Weigel's milk it moment of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Parker Ball laying there writhing in pain. I mean, that, that kid really, I mean, I, I – no, that was a great A. And it's so. got to it's got to turn it. The commercial has got to go to a shot of Hypel milking a cow, just <laughs> yanking on that udder. Squirt, squirt, squirt. No, it's it's got to be the guys. It is a little kid. What you doing, Coach? Just milking it. <laughs> Too much. Stay sorry. with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Hour number two coming up. The drive. White Claw delivers.